Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was our finest. Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan, the kind of rabble-rouser, the Charlie Day of this particular two-person clique. Mm-hmm. And I'm Sean. I'm the actual scientist. And that... kind of the Frank in terms of living standards and hygiene. <laughs> uh, A squat what? little pervert. Why, why hygiene? Why do you have to do that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, and we are Petri Dish. I don't think you fucking said that. Oh, yeah. We're Petri Dish. <laughs> okay, so today's episode is kind of a part two. We're and is be- sponsored by Six Flags. What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. They're not giving us any money. I've had a little bit to drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today's episode is about autoimmune diseases because this is actually a part two where previously we had talked about inflammatory disorders. Now, for you guys, that episode was three days ago. For me, it was like fucking seven years or something. Yes. Just really quick, Sean, remind me, what is an inflammatory disease versus what we're going to talk about today, autoimmune disorders? Right. So the main difference between the two has to do with what sort of arm of the immune system is doing the heavy lifting. Okay, so in inflammatory diseases, we're mostly talking about the innate immune system. So that's like the macrophages, the neutrophils, the dendritic cells. They're kind of like the first responders, and maybe they're dumping out a lot of cytokines. Right. And the issue is inflammation issues. So that's talking about like edema, like a lot of liquid going to the area, a lot of heat going into the area. And you can have these chronic inflammatory disorders like osteoarthritis. On the other hand... Autoimmune diseases are talking about the adaptive immune system. So you're making antibodies. You have T cells going on, right? Okay. And you have memory getting generated, except all of this memory, all of this stuff is getting generated not against some kind of virus, but getting generated against your own body. Just like a Christopher Nolan film, sometimes your memory can get so needlessly complicated and convoluted it turns into a shit film. (laughs) What film are you shooting on right now? Like, all his work. No, come on. <laughs> Inception Except, was fun. Well, Heath Ledger's good in that one movie. Yeah. What? Yeah. Batman? Heath Ledger really brings up Christopher Nolan's otherwise terrible work. No, come on. What? Ah, Let's God. not relitigate this fight, okay? <laughs> Let's not break this house apart. Set us against each other. That's naughty takes. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, our T-cells... Uh, fucked up. <laughs> they memorize things all shit. <laughs> wow, this is your way back onto the topic, huh? Yeah. Yes. yes. So today, since we're talking about autoimmune diseases, we're going to be talking about particular diseases where the main issue is that your adaptive immune system has gained memory about bits of your own body that, well, you like, and when they start attacking, can cause all kinds of problems. Memento's an amazing thesis film. <laughs> all right, so... You know, why don't we take a little tiny short musical interlude? That's and then... good because I'm so hot right now about <laughs> Nolan films. <laughs> and then we'll get into some specific examples of autoimmune diseases. Today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Based out of New York, the gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we are all unable to travel due to this pandemic-type situation, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, the gallery is offering our listeners 15% off their purchase by using the code 15OFF. That's the number 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com, that's the G-A-L-R-Y.com, so that your wall will never be boring again. 
tricked you, Stacey. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about Nolan. I think the reason I'm so mad about Christopher Nolan is because I saw Inception with a bunch of jackasses in Korea. And they were like, do you think he's still in a memory? <laughs> and I was like, ah! It just made me so mad. And then, like, I was reading this asinine article in The Atlantic from David Sims that was like... I mean, not his fault, but he said, quote unquote, like all sorts of Hollywood people think that the tenant could revive like independent blockbusters. And it's like, dude, I saw the trailer for the tenant. No one's going to watch that piece of shit movie. That shit looks confusing and boring as fuck. Right. Like, <laughs> like it looks like too stupid to be intellectual. OK, but here's the thing is that Inception has Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. And, and that's an awesome fight scene. And I've I've loved him for a very long time. So that's pretty much that's all I got to say. You look like you looked like him. <laughs> oh yes, back in the olden days, back in the uh, Ten Things I Hate About You days. Yeah, I looked a little bit like Joseph. Sean Hollywood. used to be like this very beautiful waifish kind of Puerto Rican out of West Side Story kind of figure, very ethnically ambiguous and sexy. I actually think you're more handsome than Joseph Gordon-Levitt now. Who's mm. just kind of weedy. Well, that's a hard disagree. But in any case, we both hit puberty. Pretty hard. I am and very hard. Very divergent. I'm very, I'm very hard in my disagreement with you right now. <laughs> right. So I'm titillated, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some examples of autoimmune diseases. The first one that I'm going to bring up is multiple sclerosis. So I told Sean before recording that I thought this was like where your spine was curved. Right, and then I told you that's scoliosis because you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now my feelings are still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you just attack me like yeah. that. But okay. so tell me about MS. Yes. Okay. So this is a neuroinflammatory disease that is probably autoimmune. All right. And well, what do you mean probably? So a lot of the classes We don't really know anything about the immune system, do we? <laughs> the immune so, system is really complicated. Yeah. It is. In fact, we keep learning new things. There was a paper that came out last month right. that was about B cells. It was like, there's like 19 new types of B cells yeah. we didn't know about. I'm like, God, oh, fuck. This paper, I gotta like memorize all these new types of B cells. You know, that's the only thing that's bad about Osmosis Jones is it's a little outdated with its immunology theory. <laughs> it's really not just one type of beat cop. Osmosis Jones now streaming on our sponsor HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Please. <laughs> Please, money. So the thing about a lot of these examples is that how much we're sure that they're autoimmune diseases depends on whether we can find antibodies against it, whether we can find specific T cells. A lot of them have inflammatory components. So right. you can see why like we might get confused. We might notice the inflammatory part first. Right. And then kind of discover, oh, it's got a lot of T cells and B cells in the mix. Right. So in any case, there's definitely inflammation surrounding your neurons. And this is probably autoimmune. What happens is your immune system starts attacking your neurons. Okay. And specifically, it's the lining on the neurons that helps them transmit the electrical signal quickly damn right? that's important yeah so there's this stuff that sort of coats your neurons called myelin right and the myelin being there helps sort of the action potential hop along the axon really quickly so it helps your signals transmit a lot faster than if it wasn't myelinated we briefly talked about how giant squids have like really huge neurons right that's because they're not myelinated so right. their neurons have to be like way bigger do their giant squid squiddy bullshit so the way that James McAvoy probably does what he does is he probably like actually pollinates a room ahead of time with his myelin and then can signal to it. And it seems like magic, but really <laughs> it's my, my giant myelin pollen storms. Is this James McAvoy from X-Men or is this James from McAvoy atonement. from... <laughs> <laughs> How do you think you got that ridge broad? <laughs> I thought you were... I was going with M. Night Shyamalan, but you're, you're right. I can see now. M. Night Shyamalan has definitely spread his myelin pollen through Hollywood because <laughs> he got more than one job in his life. Well, in any case, this myelin shit is very important for neurons functioning appropriately in our bodies. Right. And I for... see M. Night Shyamalan's paid you off. <laughs> no, okay, keep going. Don't let God, me stop you. God, I wish. But in this case, your immune system, for one reason or another, starts recognizing your myelin as foreign and starts attacking your myelin. Wow, it's so xenophobic, our body. Yeah, very naughty. So for the most part, your immune system actually kind of stays away from the central nervous system. Right. Okay, so like your spinal cord and your brain are usually what's called immune privileged. Right. And they're usually kept out by, especially from your brain, what's right. called the blood-brain barrier. It's like city cops in Manhattan Beach. Okay, we don't go there. We don't need to. Okay, very privileged. Okay, don't need, <laughs> <laughs> don't need to go to that spot. <laughs> but, God, 
how many people are going to recognize that reference? Like it just Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> but in MS, the immune system actually does get in and then starts attacking that myelin that's in your spinal cord, for example. Damn. And depending on where it is that you're getting attacked, you'll get different symptoms. Like you might get cognitive problems if you're getting attacked in your brain. You can get visual and motor impairment, especially if you're getting uh. hit in the spinal cord. It might cause you to lose control of like your legs or your arms. So we don't go full stupid. We just like lose some stuff. Jesus. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get it. Fuck. <laughs> you never go full stupid. So I guess we're. That's my censored uh, version of the Tropic Thunder conversation. <laughs> I guess we're we're starting the whole episode over then. <laughs> you want to be? I am Sam. Stupid. <laughs> just kidding. Fuck. Yeah. No Academy Awards for us, that's for sure. <laughs> so typically with MS, you'll go through cycles of having kind of acute problems. You'll have kind of like a, almost like an outbreak or something like okay. that. And then you'll have a period where things are kind of okay, and then you'll have problems again. Wow. And this kind of goes on from like phase to phase until you finally hit a point where you have this kind of gradual, continuous cognitive decline. Sure. So this is like X-Files. Yeah. Some good episodes, <laughs> some bad episodes, and then you hit season six and it's just like, woo, it's getting worse and worse. It is like X Files. It is like X Files. <laughs> good job, buddy. I'm so fucking percent. <laughs> this is why I'm Charlie Day. This is mostly alcohol fueled at this point. <laughs> so, while a majority of the cells that are kind of rushing in and causing these problems are the innate immune cells, like macrophages, the second biggest group after them are T cells which are kind of your quintessential antigen-specific adaptive immune cell. Right. These are the fuckers who got to, like, figure out the shit recorded in their cuneiform stone tablets. Yes. We know now this is gonorrhea. They, yes. <laughs> they nailed on the memory part of it, right? And so, typically, when people are getting treated with or MS, they get treated with immunomodulatory drugs, which is to say they're drugs that are supposed to kind of affect your immune system in some way. I tell you what, you just say that word, and I feel like you're talking down to me. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're better than me? Yeah. I'm the liberal elite that you hate so much, <laughs> and that caused you to vote for Trump. <laughs> yeah, just to spite you. <laughs> yes, immunomodulatory, in that it Stacey. modulates your immune system. Stacey's been watching Hoarders, and I think she's never so deeply understood Trump America <laughs> as watching Hoarders. And like, I can't sleep at night. Because it's like she has hoarders on and it's too sick. Yeah. It's like it's too disturbing. <laughs> it's a window into our psyche. It's like when I watch Hannibal to fall asleep, I have like weird cannibal dreams and you watch hoarders to yeah, fall asleep. Yeah, wow, and... Sean. Blame Hannibal for your cannibal dreams. Okay. <laughs> I have to blame somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so tell me more about your immunomodularity. Yes. I'm glad you drank before this episode. <laughs> okay, so immunomodulatory drugs are supposed to help turn down your immune system, and there are some straightforward bad side effects from that, right? In that if you turn down your immune system, you're more susceptible to, like, infections and stuff, right? But on top of that, these drugs typically, they can, like, slow down the disease, but they almost never actually stop it. A recent kind of interesting discovery is that the gut microbiome in people with MS seems to be kind of disrupted. Interesting. So if they just like took some awesome poops pills, they could probably get rid of MS. Well, I mean, it's an open question. There's open research going on right now, ongoing research about whether or not restoring the microbiome can help slow down the progression of the disease or maybe halt the progression of the disease. Is that just like a lot of kale or like... So in mice, it, Whole grain? It, in mice, it is fecal transplants. Sweet. But I don't think we've moved on to people studies yet. But, you know, there have been twin studies where they found a couple of twins where, you know, one of them has MS and the other one hasn't had MS yet. And they can see these kind of subtle differences in the gut microbiome. And when they actually take those microbiomes out of the humans and put them into mice... You can have situations where the mice will start having MS or not, based on whether the person had MS. Damn. Are there, like, different ethical rules on treating twins? Like, that's that's weird, right? <laughs> like, one twin's all, like, fucked because it still has MS, and the other twin, it's like, my gut's good, and I'm, like, healthy now. Like, I mean, I don't know. Isn't that kind of weird? What the fuck are you talking about? What's the ethical issue of treating people? Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, shouldn't twins, like, live or die together? 
Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) So you're imagining sort of like a Viking burial type situation with the twins, where if one of them dies from MS, the other one gets burned on the pyre or something. Viking burial? That's how we do it now, right? Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes, accurate. So there are environmental factors Mm. also. Like if you spend a lot of time with Epstein... Yes. Or if you work in the Justice Department of Bill Barr. Yes. Very likely. That's very good, Nathan. The Epstein-Barr <laughs> virus and also smoking both seem to contribute a little bit to the likelihood that you get MS. Yeah. Um, it's not super overwhelming in that there are genetic components to MS that seem to matter a lot more than them. But it is in, it's kind of odd that a virus like Epstein-Barr can make you more likely to get MS. It's probably... From having some kind of epitope in that virus that kind of confuses your immune system. Right. And as they're fighting that virus, they get confused and something about it reminds them of myelin. Did we talk it. about what an epitope is? Hmm. I'm playing way too much Skyrim. And so when you say nonsense words, I'm like not sure if it's a Skyrim thing, if it's a you <laughs> thing. I think we talk about epitope a little bit in the innate and adaptive immunity episodes. Right. Which people should listen to before this episode just because fucking i've been saying a lot of words right saying a lot of stuff so far real quick remind people what an epitope is an epitope is a little chunk of something that your immune system can recognize so so your immune system recognizes an epitope on epstein bar gets all whacked up fucked up in the head and then starts attacking you by accident yeah yeah this little epitope might kind of remind the immune system of myelin and so it gets used to attacking Epstein-Barr, but then starts attacking myelin afterward. Right. So this is like the difference between an inflammatory disorder where there's like a racist cop on the beat. And this is more like we are stopping frisking anyone who's black or brown. Right. So like. Right. Or like the FBI builds a profile for somebody. Right. But ends up harassing a lot of people because the profile kind of drags in unrelated people to the mix. So a sort of recent set of studies that's kind of related to this uh, whole topic is that your central nervous system might not be as immune privileged as we had previously thought. So I mentioned kind of briefly that there's something called the blood brain barrier and it's supposed to keep your immune system away from like your brain and everything. And your brain has its own immune cells called microglia and they kind of they're sort of like the macrophages of your brain. But we had some recent studies that kind of show that there might be a way for your immune system to get into your brain uh. through some lymphatic, basically lymph vessels that run into your brain. Crazy. And there might be a way for innate immune cells and T cells to actually surveil your cerebrospinal fluid, which we did not think was possible. I also don't like it. That's an invasion of my civil liberties by myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. So it was originally thought that you must have the blood-brain barrier fuck up before you can get MS. Right. Because otherwise, how would your immune system run into myelin anyway? Yeah. But now it's kind of thought, oh, maybe there's another way for your immune system to encounter myelin. Maybe through sort of this back door that we've discovered recently. Osmosis Jones, immunology report. <laughs> you know, like Minority Report, but it, yeah, it know. is, baby. Your 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 T cell precogs <laughs> are like the brain is gonna murder itself. <laughs> what a fucking mess. Tom Cruise plays the brain. God damn it. <laughs> and then Chris Rock plays Pinky. That's right. I got to a Pinky in the Brain joke. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's not really a joke. It's not constructed like a joke. It's a Pinky in the Brain reference. I see. You're yeah. free associating right now. Yeah, dude. it's extremely dangerous. We need to cut to a commercial Whenever you say free association, I think of John Coltrane. <laughs> and then I think of like how much I prefer earlier variants of jazz to bebop. So we're taking a break now, everybody. And when we get back, we're going to talk about rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Donatello Iglesias. If you're like me, you have glands. Stinky glands that smell so strongly of rotten onions and whale meat that no one is willing to listen to your brilliant ideas. But you're chock full of them. If only you could overcome your corpse-like odor, you could change the world. Well, luckily for you, there's musk, a new cologne line harvested directly from Elon Musk's own glands. Research has shown that his natural odor connotes so strongly with success and brilliance that it can overcome nearly any display of utter narcissism and egomania. Smell like musk? And investors will support you even as your self-driving cars kill people. Get a whiff of musk, and wafer singers will bang you even as you name your children Total Martian Garbage. Do you want to smell like genius, wealth, and a wet rat? Get some musk cologne today. I feel like I'm Will Turner. 
Okay. Okay, Sean. So we've talked about some autoimmune zip zap. Do you not remember what disease we just did? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Guys, we're back. We just finished talking about MS, multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis. Holy shit! No, no, no. I just, I just want to include you. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, now we got to move on to something that's very dear to our father's heart. He's racked by this. His, he barely can get out of bed. His body's breaking down. <laughs> Rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. So last time when we were talking about inflammatory disorders, we talked about osteoarthritis, right? And so this time we're talking about rheumatoid arthritis, which I think people might be a little bit more familiar with in terms of the name. In this case, it is also your immune system attacking the joints and it can cause the swelling of the oh, synovium <laughs> <laughs> and potentially damage the cartilage and bone in your joints. I feel like I killed Hades in the synovium in like God of War 2. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know you played God of War. That's beautiful. I played one of them. It was too intense, though. Oh, yeah? It's too violent. I don't like violent video games. Okay. I mean, except for a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for all the ones you do like. Okay. Shh. Yeah, good. Rheumatoid arthritis is... League of Legends is violent emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) It is a constant assault on your psyche. Yeah. I can't believe I just outed myself as someone who plays League of Legends in public. They all know now. (laughs) Um, Keep going. Rheumatoid arthritis is sexist in that it attacks women three times as much and at younger ages than Ah. it does with men. The disease in women can start between the ages of 30 and 60, which is... Wow. Pretty young. Yeah. It starts later in men. So if you get past 60, though, you're like scot-free, seven-year-old woman can't get it? (laughs) I think uh, it just becomes about as common as for men at that point. Oh, okay. Is it pretty common for men at that point? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Well, that sucks. Not totally common. I mean, you know, not everyone gets it, but uh, it, it gets pretty common. So, But it's way worse for dudes if they do get it. Or is that a different thing? Hmm. I don't know. Did I okay. say that in the notes? <laughs> yeah, it's in later in the notes, and that's my bad. Don't don't let me ruin your magic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> so it yeah, terrible for ladies. Also gets men sometimes. <laughs> Keep going. So rheumatoid arthritis prognosis has apparently changed a lot over the years. In that this used to be a debilitating thing that you really can't do anything about. Like once you get diagnosed with it, it's like ah eh, well right. You're gonna go through a lot of pain, and then you're eventually gonna you know. Eventually, just die. Yeah, I mean, you'll die eventually. You don't yeah. typically die from. You don't die arthritis. from this. It's just it's really painful in the meantime. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, a doctor down in Houston, she discovered that this is the rheumatoid arthritis is caused by Martian DNA, right? Spice into ours and by the devil, <laughs> devil's blood, right? Right. Yeah. It's it's from having sex with incubi. Ah, it's the demon seed. Yeah. See, right. I, I don't have sex with succubi. I have sex with incubi, <laughs> or with the band Incubus. <laughs> yeah, I'm a groupie. The entire group. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because incubi is the plural and incubus is the singular. Right. Incubus That's kind of confusing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We got things all kind. I of... guess they are together one incubus. <laughs> okay. I see. Okay. Well, anyway, so crazy Donald Trump doctors aside. Yeah. So now, because we are looking for it a lot earlier. If you can find it early and start treating, you might actually be able to reach a point where it's under kind of a lasting remission, which means that you basically don't suffer from the symptoms anymore so long as you keep taking your medicine. Sweet. That's like what Republicans thought they were doing with white nationalism, but didn't work. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so rheumatoid arthritis has this weird biomarker, which is a way of detecting the disease. That also sounds like something Natalie Portman carried through the movie Annihilation. She's like, like, like oh, click, biomarker? click, click, click. Sure. It's like, oh, my biomarker is popping off. Yes. Oscar Isaacs is probably around that bush. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy that movie, Nathan? I actually didn't see it. I heard it's quite controversial in film then circles. Why the fuck did you bring it up? Stacy, cut this part damn out. Damn it. You <laughs> son's trying to make me look like a Philistine. <laughs> God, <laughs> All right. Fuck. <laughs> Rheumatoid arthritis. Did you see it? No. Oh, you didn't? But you brought it up. Well, let's watch it together. Rheumatoid arthritis has this kind of weird biomarker which is a way of detecting a disease. And in this case, it's the presence... I see you change the subject back to rheumatoid arthritis because you don't want to see it with me. (laughs) It is literally the subject (laughs) of this part of the podcast. Um, (laughs) Which is the presence of what are called anti-citrullinated protein antibodies. So what these are are antibodies that your body is making against your own proteins. But it's not just any proteins. It's a set of proteins that have been specifically modified with a little kind of molecular group called a citrulline. Mm. 
Just um, like how we've modified federal troops with unmarked uniforms and white vans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty much exactly. Much better attacking your own body now. Yeah, it's very similar because you're taking something that's already there, federal troops. Right. And in this case, for the proteins, the amino acid arginine. And what you're doing is modifying it so it becomes this weirdo amino acid, citrulline. Gross. Or I guess, in your metaphor, ripping their identification off their uniforms. Known internally as Bill Barr's boys. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so, your body can sometimes modify these proteins through citrullination. Citrullination. Yep, good. Where it turns arginine into a citrulline group. And then your body will also develop antibodies to detect those weirdo proteins. And 30 to 60% of early rheumatoid arthritis folks, 60 to 90% of late rheumatoid arthritis folks, and 1 to 3% of healthy people have these antibodies. So it's actually a pretty good way of distinguishing between people who have it and don't have it. Right. These antibodies are bad. If you don't have them, you're probably healthy. Yeah, probably. Okay, interesting. Uh, at least for now. And so it seems like these antibodies can actually exist in the blood of people for years before they start having symptoms of the disease. So it's possible that, you know, if you can detect these antibodies, maybe you could start preliminary treatments or keep an eye on people, like, long before they start developing the disease. Very cool. So we don't actually know why your body is making these antibodies in the first place. Like, it's, it's not clear why citrulline groups on proteins would, like, matter to your immune system. Yeah, sure. But for some reason, and it's also, it's not clear if these antibodies, like, trigger the disease, right? Like, it definitely right. precedes the disease, and it seems to be strongly correlated with the disease. Right. But it's not clear that, like, these antibodies are going in and, like, fucking you up or anything. Right. So, you know, right now they're just there to as sort of an early warning signal, right? Okay. And rheumatoid arthritis is something that does have some genetic predispositions. But even with identical twins, the concordance rates are 15 to 35%. So that means that if one twin has it, the other twin only has a 15 to 35% extra chance of getting it. You need to get your hands off twins, man. Stop studying twins. People, okay, I knew a listen. super hot Korean twins, okay? And I, I want you to stop studying them, okay? Why? They have a right to live, all right? But they're so good for studying. <laughs> um, tw twins, identical twins are like catnip to really? geneticists. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because... There was a really good documentary about a triplet that got separated from birth... And they were studied as part of the social scientific project, but not told that they were split from birth. It's called like three strangers share a toilet. Uh, it wasn't called that. Oh, I three know identical strangers. Yeah, that was a good fucking documentary, man. Yeah, dude, dude. Also, Mengele. Oh wait, what about Mengele? That oh, fucking, he liked twins. He loved twins. Right. Yeah. He also liked doing experiments with twins. Jesus, man. But he was a very naughty boy. Woo. Yep. All right. Well. So that's about it for rheumatoid arthritis, right? Yep. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about, you know, like, look, our dad can't even get out of bed. He's so racked by rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> He's like a fucking vegetable now. It's a tragedy for no. our family. It brings my mother's tears. It brings tears to my mother's eyes every day. But because I'm a television person, I don't even give a fuck about what dad has. I care about the most important disease in the show house, the disease that made the show house possible. Next up, we're talking about Lupus. Also, a fun character from Harry Potter. Wow, fuck. The following is an actual advertisement. Hi, I'm Kate. I'm a scientist. And I'm Matt. I'm a science enthusiast. If you're a scientist, or just enthusiastic about science, we have a podcast for you. Our show is called Curiosity Killed the Rat. And we answer questions like, what does the appendix really do? Why does a boomerang come back to you? Hypnosis, pseudoscience, or legit? All this with a spoonful of banter to help the science go down. With a new episode dropping every second Saturday. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or YouTube. Or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the handle at CuriosityRat. Okay, Sean. As a young kid who watched House all the time, I always heard that a patient might have lupus, but that it wasn't lupus. Sean, tell me about this strange disease and tell me why it sounds so much like you're a werewolf. Yeah, so systemic lupus erythematosus is 
probably the most popular form of lupus. Not there are multiple kinds, but this is kind of the big one. And it affects something between 300,000 to 1.5 million people in the USA. Right. The other one is just Taylor Lutner. <laughs> that affects one person in America. What the fuck? Is that a Twilight reference? Yeah. God damn it. Did, did I ever tell you about... The only time I ever saw a Twilight film is I was on a plane to D.C. as part of Model United Nations. And yeah, get your drink because it's story time. <laughs> and, and I was sitting next to this girl and she's like, hey, do you want to watch Twilight? And I thought she was cute. So I was like, hell yeah. But I was really tired. So I put in the headphones and I kept on falling asleep. And it felt like a five hour fucking nightmare that flight. Like that movie felt like it lasted for fucking the whole time. Because I swear to God, dude, I would wake up and it was always the same scene where like Kirsten Stewart was like, uh... And then the other guy, the dude, and Patterson, was like, Ugh. and then they would just stare at each other, and then he would like, Hoo! block a car from smashing into them. And she'd be like, Hoo! and he'd be like, Hoo! and I like woke up five fucking times, and it was always that scene. It was like torture. That's the movie about Mormons, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a pretty faithful retelling of the story of Brigham Young. <laughs> and their exodus to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Fleeing from the vampire yeah. and werewolf feud. What they're talking about is the twilight of Presbyterianism and the dawn of a new uh, Christian religion. That's very beautiful. Yeah. That's very beautiful. It's maybe. pretty smart stuff. Very allegorical. Yes. Well. Yeah. It's like the golden compass. You have fucked this episode for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Sean just made me spit a lot of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... <laughs> Look, you gotta put your meaty foot down. <laughs> lupus, <laughs> like rheumatoid arthritis, is also sexist in that it affects women nine times more than men, and usually starts kicking in at ages like in the forties and fifties. While women are much more likely to get lupus, the symptoms in men are actually much worse. So what happens in lupus is your immune system starts attacking connective tissue, like in blood vessels or cartilage. So what happens is that, like, this can occur in a kind of crazy number of organs because connective tissue and blood vessels are all over the place. You can have issues in your skin, your lungs, your kidneys, your heart, your joints, your central nervous system. This is part of the reason why it comes up in house as, like, potentially being lupus every time. Because, like, when your whole body fucks up, you're like, maybe it's lupus. Right. Or it's just like, oh, man, they have a kidney problem. Maybe lupus. Right. Like, oh, man, they're having a heart problem. You got connective tissue everywhere. Right. Exactly. And there are actually many... Uh, blah. There are many gene there variants. There are many genes. <laughs> <laughs> there are many gene variants that seem to make you more likely to develop the disease. But there are also some environmental factors. So when you're looking at identical twins again, Nathan... Stop. Your favorite. Stop it. <laughs> identical twins have a 35% chance of getting it if one of them has it. Does that, is that an environmental factor? Well, what that means is that it's it's not 100% genetic, right? There are some diseases that are like a dominant gene. Oh, I and see. So like, like, because if it was purely genetic, both would definitely have it. Right. But because usually the other one doesn't, it's got to be like asbestos. <laughs> right, yeah. There are some set of environmental factors that seem to take people who are maybe predisposed to it and then push them over the edge. Did, did you hear Matthew Iglesias talking about how, like, the reason in Mitch McConnell's new plan in the Senate uh, renovating the FBI building would cost $2 billion is because it's so filled with asbestos <laughs> that it would cost $2 billion bucks to, like, tear it down without causing cancer across D.C.? What I love about this is that you are free associating starting from something that has nothing to do with our episode. Do you understand what's going on here? Is that you decided to bring in asbestos <laughs> despite it not having fucking anything to do with lupus. Sean, and then you free associated to talking about Mitch McConnell and the fucking Pentagon. Sean, you think science and politics are separate <laughs> issues. Okay, I'm not free associating. I'm bringing, I'm bringing it together. No. I'm bringing it together, dude. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> this is a weeknight, everybody. Uh, I've, I've worked all day just to, just to come over to have Nathan say these words into my mouth. You look good. It's rough. Okay. So, <laughs> lupus is an example of, you know, science and doctors getting to pat themselves on the back a little bit. Okay. Because while we do not have a cure for lupus, we've gotten a lot better at being able to treat it. Okay, cool. So back in the 50s, fucking like 100% people just fucking dropped dead. I mean, realistically, in the 50s, if you got diagnosed with lupus, 
you had a 50-50 shot of being dead in the next five years. Right, and the other 50% committed suicide because it sucks so much balls to be alive then. I oh. saw Mad Men. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You had to listen to that Pete Campbell guy talk? <laughs> I wanted to kill myself watching that show. So, currently, if you get diagnosed with lupus, your five-year survival rate is 96%. Okay, that's good. And the 15-year survival rate is 76%. That's okay. Okay, well, it's a big improvement. Right, it's much better. It's a big improvement over what it used to be. In terms of what causes the systemic lupus, it is... Hard to say, like for a lot of these autoimmune diseases, right? So one thing that we definitely know for lupus is that a lot of these antibodies get made that target your own body. So there must be some step where these floodgates get opened and then all of a sudden a lot of these B cells get the green light to be able to make these antibodies. Okay, okay. Because normally your body does a pretty good job of keeping that tamp down. But for some reason, people with lupus, they don't just have one antibody that targets their own body. They have a bunch of antibodies that do it. Right. So there must be some kind of sort of defective step. And then all of a sudden the floodgates get opened. Okay. Okay. And so one thing people see in this systemic lupus is a defect in the clearance of apoptotic or apoptotic dead cells. So like when cells commit suicide or kill themselves, normally what happens is other cells or your immune cells come in and kind of eat them up and clear them out. Right. But... In people with lupus, you end up seeing sort of those cell carcasses hang out for a long time. That's pretty gross. And they might be hanging out there for long enough that your immune system starts to confuse them with being foreign. Like they should have been cleared out already. Right. But now it's like something weird and dangerous. So the problem is somehow, the the part of the system that's broken down is clearing up the dead shit in the first place. Right. In our innate immune system episode, we mentioned that part of your immune system functions as basically like garbage workers sanitation workers right in clearing out trash that seems like it might be broken down in lupus okay and kind of uh as an indication of that one of the major sets of auto antigens these things in your body that your immune system is getting angry about is our own dna and the histones that our dna is wrapped around so our very own dna is the part of what our immune system is getting pissed at and making antibodies for that's really bad this might be from the dead cells like that we were just talking about, or it might be from neutrophils barfing up their own DNA, which is something that we mentioned that neutrophils like to do right. in the innate immune system episode. So there's a really, really recent paper on a potential pathway for treating lupus, which is through a protein called PD1H. This protein is an inhibitory protein, which is on the surface of your immune cells, and it helps tell your immune system to kind of like turn off. And when they use an antibody agonist for PD-1H, do you remember what an agonist is, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you I, tell me that. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> when we use an antibody that binds to PD-1H and turns it on, then what that does is it seems to reduce the severity of lupus symptoms in mice. Okay, cool. So it's basically helping to turn your immune system off in a really specific way. And so, you know... This is a really recent paper. We haven't had a chance to test out in people yet, but the authors are pretty optimistic. Maybe we can toss this into people and we can reduce lupus symptoms, maybe to the point of having some kind of cure. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick oons, oons, musical interlude because then we're going to talk about one of the diseases that has plagued mankind slash me for mankind slash my whole life, <laughs> psoriasis. This is really specifically for Nathan. So now we're going to talk about diseases close to my heart. I'm just like mangled up with this. Like my toes look like a fucking ant wife. Okay. Oh From the first age because they're gone by the third age. Jesus Christ. I've got a lot of psoriasis. I'm just like this fucking gnarly ass Nosferatu. So Sean, tell me what's going on with my skin. Hold on. I want to pause there for a second. Yeah. On feet. Okay. Because while your feet are mingled with psoriasis, I was a foot model. Oh, yeah. the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. That's true, guys. Look it up. SpongeBob SquarePants (laughs) movie poster with a Bigfoot in the middle, Patrick Starr, and SpongeBob just hanging out, checking it out. That's my brother's foot. They had to Photoshop some of the hair off because he has got Fobbit feet. Yes. Wow, Fobbit. Yeah, that means, that's true. It's just a Fobbit 
Oh, wait, wait. That's a hobbit plus a fob, fresh off the boat. Yeah. Because Sean is of mixed ancestry. He's that part is... fob and part hobbit. That is an impressive callback. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone. Because I actually caused this one. Okay, so psoriasis. <laughs> You're sick. Psoriasis is an autoimmune disease of the skin. Okay. And 1.5 to 3% of people in Western countries have it. And it seems like the prevalence is increasing. The most common form is plaque psoriasis, which involves hyperplasia, which is an increased cell division. It leads to an increase in the number of cells in the area. So it kind of causes sort of like skin outgrowth. And it also, you, you can kind of see this increase in the number of immune cells coming into the area. And there's this peptide, this kind of piece of a protein called LL37. Sounds like Elon Musk's next baby. (laughs) (laughs) Those fuckers need to learn how to come up with baby names. So there's this peptide that cells can make that's antimicrobial. So it can fight against bacteria. LL37, it's found in like really high amounts in psoriasis. Along with DNA and RNA hanging out outside of cells, which is definitely like not where those things are supposed to be. Right. And when LL37 binds up with RNA, it becomes this like really strong danger signal for a certain kind of innate immune cell that we talked about. Which right. Is called a dendritic cell. And so these innate immune cells, you know, they might be hanging out a little bit in the skin. But once they find LL37 mixed up with RNA, right. they just go nuts, right? This is launching off like a huge right. response. You just turned on the bat signal. Batman's going to come and he's not reading Miranda rights. Right, he's going to beat up some dudes. It's going to be very naughty, extrajudicial. Yeah, it'll be about as mindless and stupid as the Nolan films. (laughs) Why are you so naughty? Are you kidding me? That is so controversial. (laughs) At least the first two you need to respect. Okay, once Bane comes along and he mumbles a lot. It doesn't matter who belongs to the mask. Tom Tom Hardy. (laughs) He was already not enunciating even with the mask. That's true. Okay. The thing is that it appears that neutrophils are kind of one of the big assholes in the psoriasis story because they both produce LL37 and they have this propensity for barfing up their own DNA and RNA, which is the stuff that binds to LL37 and then creates this danger signal. Whoopsie. Right? So they kind of have both the one-two punch to be able to create this, uh, this signal for the dendritic cells to recognize. Damn. But... Usually, neutrophils don't barf up their insides for no reason. Right. So there is kind of this this ongoing question of like, is there an earlier step in psoriasis that helps explain why neutrophils flip out? Right. And uh, we got to figure that out. Yeah. We yeah. don't know that yet. It's hard to know. It's interesting because as a child, I always hated myself for how ugly I was of my psoriasis, and now I know it really was my fault. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. I actually do slash did have some psoriasis. Yeah, but you yeah. you always liked yourself. You liked you. No. No? You gave me the confidence to be a grown Aww, man. Oh, you're very cute. You've always been you're a good... You're like... I'm like Will Turner, and you're like Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, we're doing this again? <laughs> <laughs> In Pirates of the Caribbean. I think this got cut earlier. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, so, no, 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 no. Oh, that's the wrong thing. That's Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> D- don't say that name here. <laughs> so it's hard to know what sets off psoriasis in the first place. The main hypothesis right now is that RNA gets released from injured or dying skin cells, or maybe from bacteria, or some fungi, or some kind of shit. And then neutrophils run into that, and then they start barfing up their stuff. Dude, I fucking told that doctor that. I swear to God, dude, I was nine, and I was, like, scratching at some berries and shit at the park, yeah. and then, like, about a month later, it was it was wedged underneath this index finger. Yeah. And then, like, some psoriasis started popping up, and I was like, oh, it's because I was scratching them berries. And the doctor was like, this kid is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's psoriasis, blah, blah, blah. But I was fucking right, dude. I got yeah. some fungus up in there. I think you were right. Damn. And I think that the thing, probably... I'm what, like Doogie Howser. <laughs> they should put me on shows. <laughs> yeah. It is almost every day that I'm reminded of Neil Patrick Harris when I look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much a Hedwig and the Angry Inch kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but I think that the general idea is that people probably have a skin environment that's predisposed to flipping out. Yeah. And then when there's some kind of small insult from like fungi or bacteria or something, 
The mm. neutrophils flip out, then the dendritic cells flip out, and then you have a full-blown... Uh, Microaggression, Twitter war kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's what we got for psoriasis. All right. And we're just blasting through, huh? Yeah, we're blasting. All right. Because now we got a really special ass shit thing. Yeah. This, is, this disease is super rare, but we actually have a family member. Yeah. Who was afflicted with this crazy ass shit. Yes. So this is a listener question, and our cousin had granulomatosis with polyangitis. And this is an extraordinarily rare disease in that it affects... About 10,000 Americans out of the 327 million Americans that are in the country right now. Hey, it's still more than the so-called COVID, which isn't even real. That's not... Oh, you're a son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh my God, you're terrible. There's like so so many people dying. Okay. Um, The thing is that this disease mostly affects people between the ages of 40 and 70. Right. Our cousin got it when she was like preteen. Which is, like, even rarer, right? So she had a very, very rare manifestation of this disease. Right. And in this case, it has to do with the immune system attacking and inflaming blood vessels in various organs and forming little clumps of dog-piled immune cells called granulomas. Okay, wow. So, you know, in a certain sense, it's kind of like lupus in that lupus can affect all kinds of organs, right? And this can also affect pretty much anywhere you have a blood vessel, which is a lot of places. Right, of course. Okay. Inflammation in these blood vessels can cause them to die, which would reduce blood flow to areas, and that can result in things like kidney failure. So basically, you can see organ failure happening in lots of different places because it's not receiving as much blood anymore. A lot of people with this disease and other small blood vessel, what's called vasculitis, which is inflammation of your vasculature, they have an autoantibody in common, okay? And autoantibodies, again, are antibodies targeting something in our own bodies. Right. And the one that they have in common is against proteins in the cytoplasm of neutrophils. And these antibodies are called ANCA. A-N-C-A. And I think that's like for autoantibody, neutrophil, cytoplasm, antigen, or some kind of shit. But the point is, is that that's in neutrophils. And I don't know if you've picked up on a theme, but neutrophils keep coming up in all these fucking autoimmune diseases. Yeah. They are innate immune cells, but they seem to do naughty shit that triggers your adaptive immune system to make antibodies and stuff. Hmm. So, very naughty. A house at war against itself. Yes. That's terrible. Yes. That's very Shakespearean. You're beautiful, but you got a mouth on It's you. like Montague and Capulet. <laughs> Our dear Verona! Shit! <laughs> it isn't clear why this antibody is showing up, or if its presence exacerbates the disease, but again, it is a marker where you can kind of tell that this issue is going on. Like with lupus... There might be a defect in the clearance of apoptotic bodies. I keep forgetting. The second P in apoptosis is silent. I don't know what any of this means, so I think you're no, doing great. No, come on. Apoptosis <laughs> is the, the cell killing itself thing. It just sounds like an Egyptian pharaoh guy to me. It sounds like Akhenaten, Tutankhamun, Apoptosis. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like in diorite, stone. Like it's, it's all very Egyptian to me. Well, all I'm trying to say is in a lot of people with these Inca antibodies yeah what you see when you look around in their organs is a lot of dead neutrophils okay that did not seem to get cleared out properly okay geez okay so maybe their carcasses are just hanging around long enough for your adaptive immune system to learn the wrong right you want a healthy body you gotta compost dude you gotta recycle yeah you can't just leave that shit on the street that's right and people with this disease often actually have mutations so there is a genetic component Mm. they often have mutations in what's called hla yeah also known as ha (laughs) Um, So they have mutations in their ha. Yeah, and and HLA is what your body uses to present antigens to your adaptive immune cells. So it's the protein that stands between your innate immune system and your adaptive immune system. But the mutations are not enough to fully explain the disease happening. Mm. Okay, so it's not like everyone with the mutations get this disease. A lot of people with the disease also have had chronic staph in their noses. Gross. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Weird. And there's kind of this open question of maybe (laughs) something about the... What? What you got? I was just very spontaneously going to say I have chronic staph in my butt. (laughs) But (laughs) but it was... Well, you had to get that butt surgery that one time. (laughs) That's true. That's because I had chronic staph. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there's this potential that there's something called molecular mimicry going on. 
and looking at the timing of this episode, molecular mimicry is probably something that we're going to have to get into next episode. It's a potential explanation for why autoimmune diseases happen. So we'll, we'll probably get into that next time. Okay, cool. And then... Just yeah. for shits and giggles, type 1 diabetes is also not an immune disease, right? And then there's a whole lot of diseases that Sean just like, He's so racist against disease. He couldn't even give a fuck to talk about. Okay, like uh, Gra- Gravis, Graves disease, Hashimoto's, and then celiacs. We should probably talk about celiacs one of these days, though, right? And, you know, gluten and stuff. It's kind of a fun thing to talk about. Yeah. For a lot of these other ones, I kind of feel like they're a big enough topic that we can do a full episode. Sure. Like, we can do a full episode on diabetes. And you've been right? paid by the gluten lobby to, to, <laughs> to not really talk about celiac disease. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that episode yeah. will happen some indefinite time in the future that I'll keep bringing right. off. I've noticed that a lot of these autoimmune diseases are named after people who've been recently abducted. Okay, Sean. Have you been abducted, children? <laughs> abducted by whom? You're talking about like the federal federal. Don't people you correct my who whom? <laughs> Don't um, you say whom at me? Anyway, you you just you brushed right over this shit. The listeners didn't have a chance to absorb it before you started saying nonsense. That's true. Yes, type one diabetes is an autoimmune disease. Interesting. Okay, and I think we will have a full episode on that. On the diabetes. And so, you know, just overall, I think people underappreciate how much the immune system, which is a very complex system, kind of undergirds a lot of different diseases that our body goes through. Even things that seem sort of unrelated, like heart disease, atherosclerosis. Right. Is something, atherosclerosis has a very, very heavy inflammatory component and maybe even an autoimmune component. Right. It's the response. It's the cops. It's the surveillance. It's the garbage disposal. So it's an institution that impacts everything else in your body. If it gets out of whack, you're fucked. (laughs) Yeah, and in some cases that's genetic, but there are other potential causes for that. And so next time we will talk about some of the kind of like, what is going on here? Why are people developing these autoimmune diseases and inflammatory disorders? Okay, guys, so tune in for season two. Okay, what the fuck is going on with Perry Mason? <laughs> so, so guys, so guys, thank you so much for Stacy Song for doing all sorts of music and sound dual things. Uh, thank you for Brian for art. Yeah, and Griffin for the cute little animations. Although he hasn't sent us one recently, Griffin, what's going on? Wow, we pay him a thousand dollars a day. <laughs> yeah. He is working for free, so I understand. But whatever. All right, if you guys want to tweet at Sean. You should tweet at Sean. Oh my God, you don't even know our Twitter handle. It's at Dish Podcast. Yes, you can tweet at me because I'm the one who handles it. Nathan has completely washed his hands of all social media. Yeah, that's healthy. He's a Luddite. Um, uh, you can also email us at PetriDishPod at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on wherever you're getting your podcasts, Apple Podcast, uh, Podchaser.com. Give us money at Patreon. Right, for as low as a buck a month, Patreon.com slash PetriDish. Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time to talk about all the crazy, crazy reasons we have autoimmune diseases. Ich benign autoimmune diseases. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you need to also say goodbye. (laughs) All right, see you, dudes. (laughs) 